Welcome to an episode of Simon Says Let's Talk Business. I'm your host, Al Simon, on Business Radio X. And pumped today. Got two great guests joining us for a little fun talking about business, huh? Rich Bartolotto with Schooley Mitchell, Jeff Waller with Seven Mindsets. Welcome, guys. Thanks, Al. It's great to be on the show. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, Jeff. Thank oh, it's you awesome being here, to be here. Thank you Good very stuff. much. Good stuff. So let's. Uh, uh, here, here's going to be the way we'll do this. We'll we'll talk about uh, Rich's business, the Schooley Mitchell organization, and what you all, what you do and what you're all about there. And we'll spend some time talking with Jeff about seven mindsets, and then I'll wrap it up at the end with a little bit about sales. How's that? Sounds like a plan. A good plan. Okay. So, Rich, strategic partner with Schooley Mitchell Atlanta. Tell us about Schooley Mitchell. What's that all about? Well. You know, Dennis Schooley uh, founded this company a couple of decades ago, and at the time, uh, Dennis is up in Stratford, Ontario, Canada, and he was running a CPA business at the time, and at the end of the year, he was going through his financial statement like any good finance guy, and he noticed he was spending a lot on telecom expense. So he dug in, identified some ways to save money on his telecom expenses, and then did it for his CPA clients. Then he sort of thought, you know what, I'm going to exit the CPA business and I'm going to do expense reduction in telecom for any business. And over the years, he's evolved the concept. We added merchant services expense reduction okay. and small package shipping. Fast forward to today, we've got about 120 offices and have helped save clients north of about $320 million in those three categories. Is so that all? Just $320 million? Just $320 million. That you could million. do, yeah. And I'll tell you, you know, one thing, Al, that is really great about this model is it's performance-based. So yeah. my fees are earned from the savings I generate for clients, so they take no risk in working with us. We either find savings or we let them know they've got the best rates available on the market, which is good to know. Does that actually happen? It does. In about 10% of the cases, we don't find savings. Mm -hmm. 90% of the time, we do. I'll bet you do, yeah. Yeah. Especially, I mean, you got three different areas you're looking at, right? Do most of your clients have you look at all three areas? Um, it's generally one to two areas. Is it? Uh, yep, it's generally one to two. Uh, so, but it no. works out well. But can't they do this on their own? I mean, can't. Uh, yes, but you know, here's the thing. Um, do you have the knowledge to go in and look at what the market is? Right? Do you have yeah. software to to look at your rates versus the market? Do you have a database to even know what the most competitive rates are? Do you have the time to do it? For example, That's do you want to be on the thing. phone negotiating with a telecom vendor, right? Right. 20 minutes after you get through the auto attendant to get to a person, you know, all that back <laughs> and forth. Um, and what's yeah. your negotiating leverage, right? So when we call up a provider of services on behalf of our client, it's not a client that maybe is a 10 employee company. They're dealing with us and the 18,000 clients we've supported. So we bring a lot of advantages, not only financial, but freeing up time, the knowledge of what's available in the industry, mm -hmm. and uh, you know the leverage and the negotiating power. And I'll give you, I mean, a quick story. You know, I've got in my home. Let's say I hear something up in the attic, roaming around up there. I can crawl up in the attic and try to figure out what's up there and yeah you went try to figure out or come to my attic yeah. or I can call a pest control guy and let him come in and yeah. do it professionally so i i think if you want to spend your time 
you know, focused on your clients and growing your business, um, yeah. you know, let somebody come in that's a subject matter expert, help manage your expenses. And since it's funded out of savings. Makes great sense. Kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they don't have to pay you any fees. They, right. Yeah, that's, that's really good stuff. So are there particular kinds of businesses that, that are attracted to your services? Or Yeah, you know, we can, we've got clients. I mean, the last time I looked, um, we had no more than 5% concentration in any industry segment. So said another way, any user of telecom, credit card fees, or shipping can benefit. Mm-hmm. But some, some verticals are better. Manufacturing, uh, trade businesses have been great clients. Uh, property management companies have been really good clients. But if you think of it also from a business that maybe has multiple locations, probably spending a lot on their telecom, probably spending a lot on their network, we can help them. I've got a new client, um, commercial landscape business, got a lot of cell phones because they've got a lot of crews out across three or four different states. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you had a sales force that has a lot of mobility devices, we can help. And if you're an e-commerce business, maybe taking credit cards online, shipping stuff out, there we can help you in both categories. So almost anybody can benefit, but there are certain pockets that are pretty pretty good for us. And they're basically 90% likely you're going to find them some savings. 90% and the majority of the times that savings is with their current provider. So think about that. It's just... Mm more money in their pocket they don't have to switch they don't have the to hassle switch. of all that stuff yeah. and and in some cases you know telecom is a little bit uh, not a little more challenging when you're switching credit cards and shipping are very very straightforward yeah so we have switched to telecom providers and i know that's a hassle it can be a hassle and that's yeah. where you know people um but you know it's the client's decision we like to give them savings where they're incumbent and then one or two options if they want to switch and then okay. they can decide you know, how much yeah. money they want to save. But with such a vast array of services and such a comprehensive array of, of clients, how do you make sure that y'all are giving them the best service and the best deals? No, that's a good question. I mean, I, you know, we have kind of a four-step engagement process that we, we follow with every client, irregardless of it's telecom, shipping, or credit cards. Mm-hmm. The first thing is just establishing a baseline of what they're spending, right? Yeah. So we go through their invoices, we take a look at what they spend, we have a conversation with them about how they're using that technology in their business. Then the second phase is doing the benchmark where we're gonna compare what they're paying to what we know is available in the market for a like size company in that industry segment. So we're gonna get very specific, go negotiate with the vendors on their behalf. Yeah. Third phase would be coming back to you as a client and saying, Here's a value report. We've looked at you know, your credit card spending. Here's what you've spent over the last 90 days. Here's what we were able to negotiate with your incumbent. And here's one or two other options for you to switch. And then if you, know, you move ahead and we implement that, then the fourth phase is just monitoring your account, right? Oh, you and do that too? Sure, yeah, okay. making sure you know, you're being billed per the contract because billing errors do do take place and how many clients audit their invoices, right? I've got clients that quite honestly didn't even look at their invoices before we came in. And I've had clients tell us, you know, you went into a level of detail and told us we were spending on things we weren't even aware we were paying for. So, you know, that, that process just followed consistently is why we can get 
savings in you know 90% of the cases and it works out well. So the first phase, that discovery phase where you look at invoices, talk to them, how much of the client's time and effort and resources is, is, is that does that take? Minimal, right? It's yeah. I would say less than two hours, and that um, because it, and it depends on how organized you are as a client, mm -hmm. right? If you've got your invoices in PDF form already, attach them to an email and send those to me, and spend a half an hour with you, I'll having a conversation about you know your business, yeah. your level of satisfaction with your current provider. Is there any features or functions that you want that you don't have, right? So when we go in, we're not just looking to save, we're gonna bring you a quality provider that meets your needs. So I'd say no more than two hours. Okay, and then the third phase, when you come back and show options, how much of their time does that take? 20 minutes, half hour to review it. Okay. And then an implementation just depends. Um, you know, we manage the implementation for the client. I've got, um, you know, Infinite Energy is a, client of mine and, and we switched their cell phones it was funny we went in they said we're with provider x we don't want to switch we negotiated good savings but provider y offered a better deal and suddenly they were willing to switch and you know we had a rep on site from that yeah. uh, wireless provider to make sure everything went seamlessly so that's great stuff yeah it's like a no-brainer i mean why wouldn't anybody not I, I mean why would they not do it you know, it's, it's funny, um, people will find reasons, but sometimes it's, I, you know, I'll give you an example, a CFO I met with multiple times. Uh, I could second or think it was the third visit and final visit, I could just see in her face there was a hesitancy to uh -huh. moving ahead. I said, you know, what's your, you know, why are you holding back here? And she said, you know, I don't know, but I feel like there has to be a, a gotcha. And I said, there, there is no gotcha. And I said, you know, you can. It's the too good of, to be true. Cha <laughs> Chamber of Commerce is a client of mine. Infinite. Yeah. I said, you know, you can call any of these dozen testimonials I'm providing you with. You can pick up the phone and talk to them right now. I, I guarantee that's, you. That's what's the catch, right? So is what's the catch? Or, you know, sometimes, Al, it's just uh, an owner has 10 different things that they're working on and maybe they don't have time to really just do that first phase, even though it's not yeah. um, that time consuming. Yeah. All right, so folks, let me tell you something. We're, in a little bit, we're gonna give you Rich's contact information, and I, I can't imagine that they wouldn't just flood you with, with, with requests to talk to you. This is, this is a no-brainer. You're gonna get savings. Is there a particular size company that you're looking for, or you, just, can, you don't care? No, I work with, I mean, I've got very small clients, mid-sized okay. clients, yeah. We, we're happy to help everybody. Yeah. Wow, mm. very cool. Yep. Now, on a personal note, I know you spent some time in Japan, like eight years. Eight years, yeah. I yeah, I went you, over. You lived there for eight years. Went over at the time with IBM. I was the uh, finance executive for the uh, personal computer business in Asia Pacific, which was based okay. in Tokyo. So my wife and two kids at the time, ten and seven, went over, and yeah, wow. it was great. So, have you taken some lessons that you learned in Japan into your business today? Yeah, you know, it's interesting, and you'll, I think you'll appreciate this. I, I think in Japan, more than any place, business is done off of relationships. Mm -hmm. and, and I've found so many people in my experience in Japan, particularly, you know, Americans that try to jump quickly to a transaction before they had a relationship. And as you and I know. You know that too, Jeff? 
I do, yes. Yeah, okay. And, you know, think about it. Like, you and I network. Yeah. Uh, how many times does somebody, you know, immediately start selling? So I think, you know, it's trust before transaction, and trust is built through a relationship. And I think the Japanese business community understands that well, and, and, and we do as well here. But I think sometimes it's a, it's a good reminder. And, you know, I think having a good relationship helps your client in you when you hit tough spots maybe in your relationship right because you've got an existing long-term relationship there's a little bit more willingness to give and take to resolve issues as opposed to making yeah. everything about a transaction. Well, the very first step in the Sandler selling system is bonding and building rapport. There you go. And you can't go any farther if you don't take care of that one. And it never stops. You, you're all the time building rapport, even long after you win the deal or lose the deal. you got to continue to do that. So, yeah, the Japanese uh, have definitely taught good lessons there. Yep. Yeah. And I know you're also involved in the community a lot here back in the States, right? So it's, tell us a little bit about what you do there. You know, I um, well, I think like you, I'm I'm actively involved in the Gwinnett Chamber. I um, mm -hmm. was asked to serve as an ambassador, which I do. I was asked to serve on the board, which I do. So the chamber has been uh, good for me. Um, I'm on the board of Care for Cops. I don't know if you. Oh yeah. Yeah, David Post. Yes. Um, you know, great organization provides immediate financial assistance to families of Georgia law enforcement officers killed in the line of duty. I'm involved in Rotary. I'm involved in my church, so um, yeah. yeah, it's good. And you know, I tell you, I prior to being in business for myself, I was a CFO, and I think one of the best parts about being in business myself is being able to actually be involved more in the community. As a CFO, you know, you're not going to chamber meetings, you're not doing this kind of stuff. You're more focused on the numbers yeah. and and driving the business in that sense um so this is transition has been great just allowing me the opportunity so, to get so more your involved. civic involvement is about helping people and your business is about helping people it's a win-win that's a win-win pretty good stuff yeah so this is uh this is simon says let's talk business i'm your host al simon with sandler training and uh, we're on business radio x and uh been talking with rich bartolotta strategic partner with schoolie mitchell atlanta uh, Rich, this is awesome. This is awesome. I, but I, I could ask you one more personal question, and then we'll let everybody have your uh, contact information. So you're involved in, with civic organizations, doing great stuff there. You've got a great business helping people out. What do you do for fun? <laughs> well, we were talking before we started. I mean, I, I'm not – I've got a higher handicap than you, gentlemen, but I love the game, and I – every weekend, uh, you know, good weather – mixed weather on the golf course are you even I, mixed weather huh yeah yeah i've played in 40 degrees and kind of rainy so and enjoyed it i love it yeah <laughs> and you know about a year not me man no no <laughs> about 15 months ago i started taking um krav maga i don't know if you've heard of that it's a israeli self-defense training i took yeah? it up oh, uh, krav Poro in duluth georgia it's uh great workout and uh yeah. great people a lot of fun let's get you in shape Good shape, and if yeah. you know if you have any golf disputes, I'm I'm, I'm prepared to handle anybody take coming care, at me yeah. with a four iron. All right, I can take care of it. And plus, with your negotiation <laughs> skills, you can negotiate more strokes on the first tee, right? There you go. Hopefully, right. I can. Okay, so don't play golf with Rich, everybody, but no, do call him about um, about decreasing your expenses. Good grief in, in uh, merchant services and telecom and in packaging, shipping. Yep. Oh my goodness, let's do it, everybody. So, Rich. 
If our listeners want to get a hold of you, how is, it, how is the best way to do it? Uh, just give me a call at uh, 678-436-5740. Again? 678-436-5740. Excellent. And I think you post the information on the uh, site as well. Yeah, it's on the Business Radio X site uh, um, on the Internet as well, yeah. But 678-436-5740. Talk to Rich about golf. Talk to Rich about uh, uh, about civic organizations. I've definitely talked to Rich about, ex- but, uh, about uh, uh, decreasing your expenses to do business. Absolutely. Mm. Good stuff. Thanks, yeah. Sir. Yeah, man. All right. Jeff. Good to, good to be here, Al. Jeff Waller. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, co-creator <laughs> and vice president of educational services for one of my favorite clients. Yeah. Seven Mindsets. Yeah. Great great stuff that you do. Thank uh, you. Really excited working with your company. And, and uh, so why don't you start, uh, Jeff, by telling us a little bit about what is Seven Mindsets? Why do you exist? Yeah. You know, what are you doing out there? Yeah, the, the Seven Mindsets is a social and emotional learning solution. Uh, we currently work with uh, uh, over 350 schools in uh, 30 states, serving over 300,000 kids. Um, and, you know, we got started. We've been working with you since 1988. It's just it's in our blood. We would work with inner city drug dealers and gang members. And uh, wow. for many years we did that. And we, we would do a program every year in Boston. Um, and we we're getting re- I, I call it the. It was like the, these Goodwill hunting kids. They were from South Boston, from really difficult backgrounds, but they were brilliant, you know. And, and the Boston Police Department would bring us up there to see if there was a way that we could get these kids the tools to, to sort of get out of their rut and, and sort of get into to society in, in a successful way. And as we were getting ready for that, we were, we were doing some research. We came across a statistic that said anxiety and depression is 10 times more prevalent today than it was in 1960 that the average onset age, uh, which was 29 and a half years old 50 years ago, is now under the age of 14. Mm. And for people who had spent their life uh, empowering youth, that was catastrophic. You know, we live in a world of unparalleled opportunity and access to knowledge, yet the human condition's in decline. And uh, we decided we were gonna do a research project and figure out what we needed to do to help sort of turn that. And and we did that. We spent three years, a, a bunch of money. There was 10 of us. And we asked a simple question, you know, why is it that, that some people are happy, successful, and have meaning in life, and why is it that so many people aren't? Um, and, and the conclusion was that uh, happiness and success is not predicated on what you know or where you come from. It's how you think. It's your mindsets. And so um, we took that, and, and we built the seven mindsets from that research. Um, and I think our success, because we had so much experience uh, working with youth and and when you work with youth your biggest fear is you bore them you know, they put their head on the <laughs> table and yeah. and you're just stuck up there alone and so you know we we uh, we got good at engaging and, yeah. and using videos and activities and games and reflective questions and discussions um, and the seven mindsets themselves are a language uh, that is engaging and accessible so it allows teachers to have conversations about really important topics using a language and tools that engage kids in a conversation. Okay. And that's a big part of our success, yeah. Okay. So it started with research mm-hmm. and, and definitely a problem identified. Yes. And then uh, the solution has to not, not to do with upbringing, but it has to do with how you look at things, right? The, right. You call it mindset. Mm-hmm. And so, and this is all part of what I understand is a, is a, is a um, 
category of learning called social and emotional learning, right? That's right, yes. Or S-E-L. S-E-L, okay. yes. And, um, and this is in schools all over the country are looking at this stuff, right? Absolutely. It's, it's probably, if not the fastest growing market in education, definitely one of them. Yeah. It's, it's very, very hot. Yeah. So most schools are looking to implement yeah. some kind of SEL, mm-hmm. social mm-hmm. emotional learning. Yeah. Okay. But you have competitors. Oh, yeah. Who don't yeah. have your kind of research. No, no, it's funny. You know, I, I did some competitive analysis three or four years ago, and uh, you know, I think there were six or seven that we were coming up against. And, and a couple months ago, I went in there, and there's now, I came, I got to 40, and I kind of stopped. You know, wow. it's just, it's just, it's gotten competitive. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, but it's a huge opportunity. We're really yeah. excited. Yeah. Well, y'all are a client of ours mm-hmm. and uh, working with your sales team. And, and, and boy, I, t- I have to tell you, their mindsets are, yeah. are, are I've been helped too by yeah, working yeah. with you because they are, it's just, they're so positive. They're so passionate about what they do. Yeah. But there, I know there's challenges for the schools, the teachers to implement this stuff. What were those kinds of challenges? Yeah, you know, I, I think the, I, I think the biggest challenge and the area where I think uh, uh, we're, we're, we're presenting solutions that are going to make the biggest impact is in order to effectively help students develop socially and emotionally, um, it requires the teacher to be effective and to be engaged and excited and comfortable and confident because you're asking them to do things that are different than what they've done in the past. I mean, they're, they're talking about feelings. They're having conversations about non-academic areas and it's it's a little bit of a difficult transition so when when we go into schools that we see are doing well if you observe what's going on in the classroom that teacher has been given the capacity to connect with those students and then have a conversation about important topics that becomes the impact or the or the foundation for impact and i think where schools struggle is that um if you don't, I mean, education is only as good as that teacher that moment they're in front of that student. And so if you don't make that investment with mm-hmm. that teacher so that when you get in front of that student, they're having an impact, um, then your program's going to fall short. And, and that's really where we're focused um, in a lot of things that we do. And the beauty of the seven mindsets is, um, you know, they're inspirational. You, you know them, and, 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 and they tap into all our authentic heartstrings and, and we can all connect to them with our own stories yes. and when we do that with teachers they're able to authentically deliver just like a good history teacher is passionate about history you know if you give a teacher a way to connect personally with your your content then they can deliver it in an authentic meaningful way that engages the kids back in that same manner which mm-hmm. which takes it to the next level and develops that child's self-concept basically. absolutely okay absolutely yeah. once you if you don't mind um can you give us a, a, a maybe like a couple sentences on a couple of the mindsets themselves? Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I can go through all seven, or you can just stop me, okay? Every, okay. Everything is possible is about right. expectations. Yeah, it's just the idea that everything that exists today was once an idea in someone's mind. Someone or some group believed it possible. Someone or some group then had the courage to act on that, and that's kind of how it is with our lives. Our lives, in a lot of ways, are, are what we can envision, what we can believe possible. And then what we can muster up the courage to act on. And that's, mm. that's what everything is possible is all about. Passion first um, is just this idea that uh, we're all unique. You know, we, we, that's a beautiful thing. We're a unique expression of human life. Uh, that That is an incredible opportunity. We, we have the ability to do something that no one ever has or ever would be able to do again. And our ability to align ourselves with that opportunity will in a large part dictate 
our success, our impact, and our happiness. And so that's passion first. And then we are connected um, is our anti-bullying message. It's the idea mm. that everybody that comes into your life uh, can help you, hurt you, or do nothing for you. And it's really your perspective and enter into that relationship on whether or not you can use those relationships these as are, building blocks these for are your incredible success. Things, yeah. So those are the first three. No, those are awesome. Yeah. Now, now, is this just for like like uh, like early elementary or middle school? I mean, is there or is it all? Yeah, it's funny. No, it, it yeah. we our curriculum is K through twelve. Okay. Um, and you know the markets right now that have adopted it, SEL more than others are are elementary and middle. And yeah. I think I think high school is. <clears throat> A very untapped market it's it's a different deal because uh high schools are run differently they don't have flexibility in their scheduling um it's administrative they tend to be a little more business-like um but it is the critical need i mean if you you mm-hmm. ask anybody out there in the market where the big problem is it's high school and, and more likely urban marginalized disadvantaged youth that's where really uh the big problems but are. if you can get them in sel mm-hmm. early yeah Right. And in, in elementary, I mean, doesn't that change things later yeah, on? It absolutely does. I mean, yeah. the research shows that it's a it's a about age you know, somewhere in middle school is when your your mind is actually almost reforming itself and you're developing the the lenses right that you have on the world. Yes. And so it's funny. We we always thought middle school was the place to do this, and that's where we got started. But what we didn't understand early was it was so critical to start creating the language. And the understanding the concepts in elementary so that when we got to middle right they were they were in a position to really sort of construct these perspectives that were going to allow them to make sense yeah yeah i see it my own grandchildren i I see exactly what you're talking about right that's awesome but but i was just going to say you know i think one thing we're real excited about is we've we've just acquired a, a a company called fulfill the dream and a guy named roberto rivera who is uh the leading expert on uh, developing culturally responsive curriculum, so so delivering tools and, and experiences that are relevant uh, to urban youth. Yeah. Right. And so when you can when you can uh, provide a young person with a relevant experience, something that that they understand and can talk about, you've now created a platform around which you can have that discussion. And we're starting to get some really exciting results with some of our high school clients. Where we're hopefully going to start uh, an initiative in the city of Atlanta oh, real yeah. soon. And so we're just excited to sort of go after that problem because we think we can we can really put a dent in it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So 40-plus competitors, what makes Seven Mindsets unique? Yeah, I, I, I think it's uh, our capacity to truly empower the teachers. You know, if you go into a school, you talk to a principal – you know, they understand the biggest challenge with anything they do is to get buy-in, excitement, engagement, and comfort with whatever it is that they're trying to do. And they know if you don't get that, it's going to be one more thing. And so, yeah. uh, you know, we are not one they more thing. They don't need one more thing. No, they? they do not. Yeah. They do not. They need something that's going to uh, – I, I remember, I think it was a BSF commercial. We don't make what you do. We make what you do better. Yeah, I remember that's that kind of the philosophy of the seven mindsets. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, what advice would you give parents, teachers, in terms of this whole area of social emotional learning, and how to how to how to help the kids? Yeah, I tell you, I think I, I'm a parent. I have a 15 year old, a 13 year old, and a 10 year old. And bless you, my son. Yeah, I'm yeah. right in the middle of it. So, <laughs> um, I, I think uh, you know you gotta love them. Yeah. 
And uh, we live in a world where it's so easy to sort of be critical, to see what they're not doing. Um, And I think we need to see, I I think education, I think parenting is a process of seeing the greatness within your children and getting them to see that within themselves and then give them the compass to act on. So I just, I just think the perspective of believing in the potential of every kid and having that mind frame as you enter into every exchange with them um, is going to make your relationship better, but it's also going to build their self-concept mm-hmm. and it's going to bring out the very best in them. And, and, you know, that's where I'm at as a parent, just, just trying to reorient myself to the, to the beautiful parts yeah. and the things that are going right. And, and, celebrating those things and letting those be the things that expand in their lives yeah. and those are the things that they cool. can take on to, to a better life what if their home life though isn't reinforcing the concepts what if the teachers fight the teacher finds themselves fighting you know just the conditions at home yeah does that happen oh it's it's a big challenge and so um you know that the, the, there's a big sort of arena in social emotional learning around trauma informed yeah. and and how do you deal with kids who are experiencing trauma outside of school? Because you know, when they sit down at a, at a desk, they're not necessarily in a position to learn. And a lot of times you're seeing behaviors that appear to be disrespectful. You know, we, had, we had a kid who uh, wasn't turning his homework in, and the teacher uh, was, was getting upset, thinking the kid was lazy and disrespectful. It turned out every, every day the kid had to run through a gang territory, and periodically they would chase him down, beat him up, and steal his homework. You know, and so the teacher sees that as laziness and disrespect. That kid's doing everything in their power to be successful. My so, goodness. so this whole area of trauma informed is is a space where Roberto and Fulfill the Dream, I think, has yeah. given us a unique ability uh, uh, to empower youth through their own voice, right, and allow them to actually be part of the solutions within their school, but within their communities, um, and and you know, I, you know, the idea that that they're not broken and need to be fixed but mm. they're assets that need to be activated right. i think is really where you start you know because you can't necessarily control what goes at home yeah so yeah. a mindset is is the way you think right it's the way you look at things and, yeah. the, and, and what you do with that and that i mean that's yeah. layman's definition of exactly i mean you know if you c- compare it to a skill set right yeah so one of our one of our mindsets is attitude of gratitude so a skill set is i'm going to teach a kid to say thank you and, and, and you're welcome right that's that's a skill set the attitude of gratitude is a, a perspective of abundance that I just see and recognize and pay attention to all the good things in my life. And I use that as the things I want to build off of. And out of that mindset comes, right, the, the perspective of saying thank you, right, because you're learning to be appreciative. But it's also creating me, giving me a foundational way to have a, a spirit of gratitude with whatever I come across in my yeah. life, not okay. just saying please and thank you. Awesome stuff. Yeah. So what are you working on for the future for Seven Mindsets? Can you give us a peek? Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think the, the, the biggest focus is, uh, well, there's a lot of them. The one thing I'm, I'm working on right now is a partnership with an organization called the Nurtured Heart Approach. And there's a guy named Howard Glasser out of Arizona who's been working with really difficult youth for many, many years. And he's come up with this technique called the Nurtured Heart Approach. Mm. And what it does is, is essentially it's a, it's a very elegant way of helping kids see and helping you recognize the greatness and the, and the goodness in your, in your, in your students and then getting them to see that for themselves. And we believe that's a, a big part of allowing schools to be successful. So we're working to sort of bring the seven mindsets together with this approach. So not only will we give schools the, the curriculum and the language and the structure, 
but we're going to give the teachers this capacity to build relationship because the relationship um, it is the soul of education it, it, and I think we've gotten off that you know we've been focused on achievement we've lost sight and and we need to bring it back to center if you get that relationship right um, if you if you can have meaningful conversations with kids about important topics if you understand who they are then achievement and behavior and attendance, those things all take care of themselves. They and do. So, yeah. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute when I talk about sales, actually. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's been great, Jeff. I appreciate you coming with us and, and talking about this. So if, if, if there's uh, parents out there, teachers, uh, school administrators, school board members, people that need to talk to you, yeah, how would they best do it? So I, I just point them to the website www.the7mindsets.com that's the number 7mindsets.com no spaces just 7 and mindsets mindsets.com you can get a demo you can connect with some consultants we got some fantastic people that can answer any questions that you have Um, if if you have a a son or daughter who's between age 13 and 19 uh, we put on an event every year called the Ultimate Life Summit which I think is the premier event in the world the for, ultimate, for what? ultimate Life Summit. Ultimate, ultimate Life it's Summit. It's at Disney World and uh good if place. You, yeah, it is a good place and uh if you go to www.ultimatelifesummit.com um you can learn more about that program. Um and then if you want to reach me, my number is 404-444-9782. And my email is jeff at sevenmindsets.com. Okay, so let me go over a couple of those again. So the phone number 404-444-9782. Nailed it. That's a lot of fours. <laughs> it is. And then the email is jeff with a J, not a G-E. That's and right. J, jeff, G, J. Okay. J-E-F-F. <laughs> good, good job. All right. You know, I get this. At sevenmindsets.com. Awesome. Nice to have you. Boy, Rich and Jeff, this has been awesome. I'm going to talk a little bit about sales, though. And actually, it really dovetails into uh, what you're saying here. It's interesting because um, I want to talk about the sales professional's mindset. It's, you know, the, most sales profet- well, all sales professionals typically have this, this uh, undercurrent of pressure to perform, to produce. That undercurrent never goes away. If you're, if you're in a sales position, that undercurrent of, of, of pressure to produce never goes away. And so people quickly either burn out or they learn to thrive in that environment. And, and uh, it's just interesting. One of my clients gave me a book uh, written by a Harvard professor who was a Harvard student. Came from a small town in Texas. Somehow got, it in, got into Harvard and, uh, and, and noticed one thing that was that was and this is what you're talking about jeff the the people the students at harvard you know, who are brilliant right you can't even get into harvard unless you're brilliant they're brilliant but they were miserable these people were miserable because mm-hmm. they were trying to achieve and they thought okay if i achieve you know if i get good grades and then uh and then i get that degree and then i'll get that great job and then uh then i'll be happy and so in the meantime they're miserable and of course then he, what he found out as a professor was, well, when they graduate and get that great job, they're not happy. They're still miserable because now they got to make this project work or make these numbers or, mm-hmm. or, or reduce these expenses. Or, you know, in, and and there's, they feel the pressure, and, and then they're miserable again. So we find, and, and I've been doing this now for 18 years uh, as, a, as a sales coach and trainer, and then 24 years before that as a salesperson and sales manager, in the corporate world and what we find is that 
the, the best sales professionals, the ones who are, are really solid year after year after year, are the ones that are enjoying the journey. They're, not, they're thriving in their place. They're not waiting to, to, to get that big deal or make those numbers or be salesperson of the year. That's not when they're going to be happy. They're happy now doing what they do, thriving within that, that, that sense of the constant pressure to perform. Isn't that, and the best athletes are the same way, aren't they? They're the same way, right? They're always training. They're always getting better. You know, professional golfers are out beating balls on the range, you know, in the dark. Uh, you know, they're, they're getting better, and they're enjoying that journey. Because mm -hmm. if it's, as soon as it becomes a grind, you're going to stop striving, and you'll stop thriving as soon as that happens. And that's, that's my sales tip <laughs> of the day, huh? How about that? So, yeah, forget this thing of I'll be successful when I. Yeah. No. You're successful when you're thriving wherever you are right now. Mm -hmm. Right now. That's a, and that's a mindset. That all, you, all you got is this moment. That's all that's you really it. have. And if you're not enjoying it, yeah. That's it. Yep. That's it. And, it's, and, Rich, it sounds like you're there. I mean, you're <laughs> helping people, right? Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, I mean, I, uh, I, I think it is a mindset, and you got to enjoy yeah. what you do and have a passion for it and, and – like engaging people and helping them and regardless of whether it's business or your personal life yeah. um you know enjoy what you're doing right yeah. right now so i have heard passion from you rich today i've heard passion from you jeff today and if any of our listeners are lacking that passion or they're not enjoying the journey i would suggest that you give one of the three of us a call i mean seriously you know give one of the th one of the three of us a call and um and let's have that conversation so this has been Al Simon with Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. And you can, hold, you can get a hold of me at 770-312-2043. That's 770-312-2043. And that's Simon Says Let's Talk Business. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, Thank you. Jeff. Thank you. Hey, everybody, good selling. Uh -huh.